Hello, everyone. Welcome to Navigating the Work Compass, where we talk about issues of the day that are really important to each one of you. And boy, have we got some heavy conversation today. Um, we've had so many wonderful special guests join us. Uh, and of course, I'm here with a few days ago, um, a, a, a gunman decided to go into a grocery store uh, in the Buffalo, uh, New York area, and randomly shoot, I think, 13 people. And 10 of those people, unfortunately, passed away. Uh, largely minority area uh, and mostly Black folks. And, you know, every time something like this happens, and it's clearly racism and racist in the action, um, there's this ripple that happens for so many people where they are really struggling and it translates into their work life. And so I wanted to just start our conversation here today uh, because I've heard from so many people in the last couple of days talking about how they're really struggling. Not so different than many of my Asian friends and particularly my Chinese friends um, who have witnessed violence against members of their community. And many of them have been women who have been the victims and how it has created this sense of um, uh, unsafeness for them and how it has really made them struggle with uh, how they've had to deal with their day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to um, start the conversation here today because I thought maybe it would be helpful um, if I just share my own personal view on it and just kind of like what, how I've been feeling about it. And so the first thing that I would say is, um, you know, when I, when I looked at the list of people who were murdered by this 18 year old man who intentionally murdered them, um, who stalked out the store apparently before, um, I thought about the names of the people, right? And they were very much, um, the names of my family members, right? They were, you know, older women, some of them who were stalwarts of their community. Um, there were many of them who were like my age, <laughs> who just happened to be going to the grocery store, trying to get some food or do whatever they were doing. Some were younger. Um, I saw one woman who um, happened to just be visiting because her brother had been ill and she was going to the grocery store to get some stuff for him and come back home and unfortunately ended up dying. And I thought, you know, wow, um, how completely crazy is this? Uh, the world that we're living in. And I thought about my own focus and just the ability to, you know, get back to life and to work on my board stuff and to work on my book and the other things. And what I have found is just, it's just been very difficult to concentrate uh, because I'm, you know, more and more, so many of us feel as though there aren't very many safe spaces for us. Uh, but yet you're being asked to come to the office and to perform in the face of all of these challenging things that are happening in your life that so many other people in the world, i.e. white people, won't ever have to think about. Right. They don't ever have to worry about 
is it safe for me to go to the grocery store? Is it safe for me to, you know, just take my kids somewhere so we can enjoy ourselves? And I think there were something insane, like five to six mass shootings on the same day. There's something really wrong with what's going on in the world, but more importantly for leaders who aren't um, connecting with their people around this and who aren't checking in and who are completely unaware that these things are happening, I'm just here to tell you that you're you're missing, right? Um, having experienced that with you know leaders who didn't get it before, uh, it's just really difficult for people to trust you mm-hmm. and to have a sense of psychological safety uh, in the workplace if you are completely oblivious to these things that are happening. And so I wanted to just call them out because I think it's um, really important for us to call this, because this is absolutely part of navigating your work yourself back to the office and how do you protect yourself? This is also another reason why so many people of color, black people in particular, Latinx people who have said they don't really wanna come back to the office Mm -hmm. because it's much safer and more comfortable for them to manage their life and their emotions and the things that are happening around them if they can work from home yeah. <laughs> uh, and not have to come to work and deal with microaggressions and the foolishness that oftentimes comes. Uh, and so I just you know, wanted to spend the first couple of minutes of our conversation just A, acknowledging for those of you all who are struggling that you're not alone Uh, Number two, and making it a call out to so many companies that are out there that you have to start to address these issues for your people. You have to create a safe space for them, whether it is, you know, your employee resource groups where they can, you know, come together without other people around. Right. Uh, I know sometimes people are like, oh, you know, you guys are just having a black thing over there. Well, sometimes you need a black thing because there are people who don't understand the experience that you're going through and you don't want to sit there having to explain what what is happening and how emotionally you're dealing with it. So whether it's your ERGs, if it is actively um, having a conversation with your employee assistance plans uh, to ensure that they have therapists who reflect the populations of the people who are in your organization. So um, I saw uh, you know, people come with their own bias. And I'm not saying like you're black, you can't have a white therapist. I'm just saying that if you're black, you are likely to have a, if you have a black therapist, they're likely to understand your experience more than somebody who's white. And again, I'm not saying somebody who's white who can't be a good therapist for someone, but it's important to create those resources and to put those things in place for the people who work in your organization uh, because they're struggling. Um, I, um, good friend of both of ours, Minda Hartz, um, had a Twitter feed, uh, a post that she had asking how many people's organizations actually reached out to them, like their managers, their bosses, how many CEOs actually said something uh, about what happened in Buffalo and just the pure racist violence and the attacks of what's going on uh, for people of color and black people in particular in the last couple of weeks. Um, And so many people said their folks were silent, Mm. right? 
Um, Go ahead. No, I, I, I think, you know, there's a big part of this, Susan, um, in, the, in, the, in addition to creating that safe space and brave space for people to share, I think it's a recognition of what's happening, yes. right? It's a recognition of what happened two years ago um, and much more than a recognition around having that conversation around whether it's an employee assistant plan and EAP or just providing resources uh, for people um, throughout the AAPI violence. And by the way, that's not stopped. Some of the cases have been more, you know, in the media and others haven't. Um, and giving employees time to, to speak up, um, maybe they don't necessarily aren't asking for help or action, but what they want is a place to be able to be heard and seen. Right. And I think this recognition upfront as an organization about an event or um, what's happening in the world, reproductive rights, whatever the issue is, is or, or violence or act, is get, recognizing that it may be affecting and impacting employees in a different way and creating that space. Um, I, I, you know, I will say that I think, and it's, it's not just big companies, it's small companies, it's medium right. companies, is whilst you feel bad and you may recognize it personally, you forget how it could be affecting employees, employees, families, okay. um, and, uh, and, and how they're dealing with it. And by the way, we're sitting here in mental health month, mental health awareness right. month. And it's not just that one act. It's that almost death by a thousand cuts where right. over and over, right. um, around that. And, you know, um, it's so interesting, and this is also an opportunity for brave conversations, yes. right? Um, because I'm also not naive to believe that folks get their information from certain places, and that information may not always um, be what's real and what's reflected. And there has been a narrative um, that you know this, like this guy was a lone wolf, and he, you know went and killed all these people from video games. And I mean, I just have to say that I've never seen, at least I haven't seen a video game yet that had um, Dylan Roof's name written on a gun and the N word and all these other things. I mean, fundamentally, like that's just racism and he was racist and, um, and he felt entitled. I also think that like, look, let's just, this is a show where we call it what it is. There is a narrative in the world today, particularly here in the United States, of um, minorities replacing white people. Yeah. And um, that's going to affect your people, right? Uh, especially if, you know, the tenor in the conversations in the office are about, well, how did you get that job, right? Or they must have, like, made, given you that opportunity because you're a diversity hire. I was talking to a white male friend of mine. He and I are actually really good friends. And he said, you know, um, uh, he, he's looking to get on a corporate board. And he was like, you know, I miss my window. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I miss my window. He's like, there's no way anybody's gonna choose me. I'm just like an average white guy um, for board right now because they're all picking, you know, women diverse and you know, diverse candidates and others. And I was like, well, first and foremost, these candidates are not being chosen just because they're diverse. They're also highly qualified. Let's just start there. Right. 
I'm like, and the second thing is, is like, look, you know, here's an opportunity for you to recognize that you got to up your game because you have to bring something that will help these companies and businesses navigate to the future. And I know it's not what you want to hear, but nobody's taking your spot. You didn't, you're not entitled to it, right? Yeah. Uh, for those of us who've had to earn the spots for so long, um, now you got to earn your spot. And I know it might feel like somebody's taking something from you because you've felt entitled to it for so long, but like, listen, it's an opportunity for you to up your game. And it's also an opportunity for you to show your kids that you're willing to do the work. Right. Well, and, and anyone around you That's that you're right. willing to do the work. Right. Um, it's not, yeah, work. absolutely. Because yeah. people are, we don't give people enough credit yeah. for, for absorbing what happens around them. Right. So your example, just in talking about um, this terrible tragedy and, and racist attack in Buffalo, you know, not recognizing it, not talking about it, not even acknowledging it. People watch that right mm -hmm. all the way to, the guy that wants the board and says things like, I'm never going to get on a board because I'm, you know, not a certain gender or of certain representation. And so people watch and learn. And the more senior you are in any organization, the more influence you have. And so right. you have the, uh, not only <laughs> the power, but this incredible um, responsibility to actually lead in that way, because that power will affect people's lives in a domino effect that you wouldn't even be aware of. You may That's never right. know. That's right. Um, and, you know, this is all on the backdrop of um, a real push from some who say companies shouldn't be involved in social issues, right? Mm -hmm. uh, versus a real push from employees who are saying, no, no, no. I'm sorry. If you want me to work for you, you have to reflect the things that are important to me and the values that I have. I do think there's a very, um, you know, it's going to be a, a definitely interesting pressure point for so many companies, right? Uh, you're, you're seeing it already, right? Where mm -hmm. let's take the abortion issue now that the, the opinion from Justice Alito has been leaked. Several companies have come out and said, hey, look, if you're a female and you live in a place where you can't get access to the care that you want, we will pay for that. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, there's going to be a lot of people who aren't going to be excited about that. Yeah. And they're going to try to put pressure on the company. But as a CEO, you're going to have to think about, well, what are the implications for the future of my business? What's the role that we absolutely need to play um, from a social construct uh, and influencing what's going on? And you'll see some companies who will decide to opt in and others who will decide to opt out. Uh, but, you know, these are things that people are going to have to grapple with. But, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, and I think, Susan, what what I, you know, as I look at the companies that are starting to, to talk about this and obviously being in public around policies and they're changing, is they're actually listening to their employees, not one type of employee. And they're not making a decision for employees. What they're doing is, is listening and providing optionality to reflect the population of their employees. Because yeah. we know no company, well, for the most part, has one homogenous organization of the same kind of people and the same beliefs, right? If they do, I don't know why anyone would want to work there. But, but that is not necessarily someone at the saying, you can do this. You must do this. This is saying, 
we reflect our population just like any company as they look at their customer base has to make decisions to reflect that customer base. And I think this is actually an incredible sign of leadership when they're publicly stating these and, yeah. and, and saying, we're not doing this because I, they, as the CEO, believe one way or another. They're doing it because they're listening to their employees. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, you know, the channels that you have in place around how you listen are so critical. But it also, again, goes back to this conversation around psychological safety and how do you create that in the environment for your employees. And if you're an employee and you're finding that that doesn't exist, what does that mean in terms of the choices that you'll make in terms of staying with that company and what you'll do? And I would just, you know, challenge folks because, you know, there's always this dichotomy of like, oh, well, if you died tomorrow, they wouldn't care. <laughs> right. They just keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. Which right. I mean, like, look, everyone's I've replaceable. Right. I've seen it happen. Um, so like you should never believe that you're so special that the company can't keep moving without you. Um, in some cases, it might slow down if you're not there, mm -hmm. but it won't stop. Uh, and so that is a, a a whole conversation about living and like what that means for your life and uh, the choices and decisions that you'll make as a result of those things. And so I would just challenge each of you, if you're sitting there and this week, um, you know, your boss didn't say anything to you or specifically said, we're not going to talk about it. Right. These are signals to you that you should think about whether or not that's a place you want to be. Um, but, but also use your voice because right. if, if, if no one's talked about it, recognized it, acknowledged it, then be that person to do that. Yeah. Uh, because I also think, you know, employers place a lot of uh, <clears throat> responsibility on their employees. Well, no one said anything. Well, yeah. they, first of all, that's not an excuse, but if you are that employee and you realize that that's not being talked about, and I'll give you a great example, Susan. Um, so recently, um, you know, obviously we just talked a little bit about the violence against the AAPI community. I happen to have a number of, of, of our staff members um, where that uh, AAPI is represented, but also our community in general. And one of our staff members actually reached out and said, you know, I would like to write the community update for our newsletter because number one, it's AAPI month, heritage month. Yeah. Two, we're not giving the violence against the AAPI community the recognition it deserves in her opinion. And I said, absolutely. And Susan, what it did for me as a leader was when I read what she wrote, Yeah. as much as we can talk about it, I will never be in her shoes, but I now know the pain the suffering, the, 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 the fear, the concern every day, not just when that incident happens. And I can imagine for the black community in particular with what with the shooting in Buffalo, it raises a lot of emotion just around what happens to the black community in general. Yes. I mean, you know, it's so funny because you, I think even in New York, we, at least I get a little bit insulated. Mm -hmm. And then when I go to places like where my family is, like my sister just graduated with her doctorate, which was shout out to Sabrina. Ooh, congrats. Um, we went to Kentucky for her graduation. And so we were staying at this hotel and uh, my husband and I were like laughing because like half of the people literally would, would not speak to us. Like they were just looking at us like, who are like, okay. 
you know, several times in the elevator and it was just the three of us in the elevator, like the door would open and the people would be like, oh no, we're not getting in with y'all. And so I literally was like, who are you people? I'm like, what is wrong with you? Because fundamentally, like, we should be the ones who don't want to get in with you. Like, right. for real? Um, but these are real experiences. And so, you know, watching our daughter um, have to, like, like make sense of these things yeah. um, just says to me that, like, look, you know, these are things that people who work on your organizations are struggling with, have to navigate um, have to deal with on a regular basis. And then they come to the office and then they hear you say things like, oh, well, you know, I'm not really sure why you can't just let it go yeah. <laughs> and put it to the side because I can. I mean, like when I was stressed out, I just put it to the side. It's like, these are not things that you can put to the side when yeah. um, there is literally an all out attack um, towards people who look like you. Uh, you just can't sweep that under the rug. Yeah. And if you're struggling as a leader to find out sort of, well, I don't know how to have that conversation or open up that dialogue, then hire someone yes. who does this for a living. And there are plenty of experts and consultants. We we brought in one of our own members um, that that does this to, to lead a community conversation on the AAPI violence, right? A, a, a few weeks ago. And so don't make the excuse for yourself just because you don't know how to have that. And by the way, in some cases, um, uh, you shouldn't be having that. You should be addressing it, acknowledging, right. recognizing it. But if you are not equipped emotionally um, to have that conversation, bring someone in. That's right. And and also there's some very basic things right. that you can do that um, and say that don't require you to have to go deep, right? You can just be like, hey, listen, I know these events must be affecting you all. I recognize it. I appreciate it. Um, and I'm I'm going to do more work to get to know what it means for you every day and, and how that works and how I can be more supportive and how it impacts you across um, all of the things that you're doing, right? And so when we have your performance appraisal and, you know, we're talking about... Um, Someone's at the front door. Oh, somebody's at the front door. <laughs> when they have your... Uh, performance appraisal and, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, you were really struggling during the month of whatever. And it's like, if you're a manager, like take some time to like think like, well, what actually was happening during these times that maybe this person couldn't deliver at, you know, the normal 100% or they were still delivering at 100% but struggling with other things and couldn't, you know, free up the emotional capacity to do other things. It's really important to do that. And you know, if, if you do the work and if you invest in your people, I guarantee you they will give you back way more than yes. you were expected. And, and also, Susan, by the way, even if you're not self-aware enough to know what's happening in the world around, you know, certain communities or certain incidents or, or large decisions like reproductive rights, Take the time to ask if someone's performance is suffering and it's out of character, they're not engaging as much, they seem distant, ask, is there something going on in your life that is, is affecting you? How can we help? Um, and that opens up the dialogue as well between the manager and the leader and the, and the employees just around um, understanding 
the situation that we all go through. And by the way, um, again, I think, you know, so many people and, and are struggling with depression and anxiety and clearly impacting mental health. And so if you notice a, an employee is struggling and, a, and a, a, a racist and terrorist attack like this um, in Buffalo can have repercussions that you would never even understand unless you recognize and are aware and then ask those questions around how you can help. Um, and, and I think you raise a great point earlier. Even a smaller company like Luminary through our insurance has an employee assistant program. Know the benefits that you can proactively offer your employees, right? It often comes down to, well, we have that and you just didn't find it. No, tell that employee that you have resources and that you as a manager probably aren't the best equipped to counsel you on some of those, you know, struggles and, and, and what you're going through, but that you have those resources. And I think, you know, we've heard that about fertility benefits and lots of things. It's, you never know you have them until you're struggling to, to, to kind of figure out, right? So be proactive about that. That's why you pay for insurance for your, your employees. That's right. That's right. Um, well, look, I um, just wanted to make sure I brought that up today uh, because it's been heavy on my mind, heavy on my heart. And I really hope that people will do the work, right? Don't ask your employees to do the work. Who are struggling with this. I hope that you'll do the work uh, and recognize also that, you know, um, people are not a monolith. Like what, you know, it is AAPI month, which I, you know, I love these months, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, you get a month, you get a month and you get a month, you get a month. Um, <laughs> so the first thing is like, it, the, the month is really more about the people who don't understand the communities, not about the communities themselves. So exactly. like, do some homework, like use it as an opportunity for you to learn some more about people who are different than you. Why are they different? I mean, very different um, from folks who are from East Asia versus South Asian, like learn the difference. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, you know, do some things that are simple that reaffirm people. I saw, um, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but Procter & Gamble has been doing these provocative ads for the months. Um, and I, the one that I saw yesterday, which I thought was just absolutely brilliant, was about learning someone's name. And it started with this young lady who um, at birth and her mom, they were Chinese, and her mom was mm. telling her what her name meant and giving her context for the kinds of things that people will say about her and why it's important for her to affirm her name. And so one of the little things that you can do to affirm your people is not ask them to shorten their name because it's easier for you. Not ask them to, you know, take on a nickname because you're too lazy to figure out how to, how to pronounce their name, but actually learn their name and ask them why did their parents name them that? Mm -hmm. And and, and acknowledge them for who they are every time. That is one small step that you can make that people, I guarantee you will appreciate in this journey of getting to know people who are different than you. And then the second thing is be empathetic. I know we talk about this all the time. The only way you can be empathetic is that if you actually have people in your life who are different than you. So let this be a wake up call for you. Um, if you don't know about 
somebody's, you know, culture, their background or whatever. Um, you know, as I simply said to one person who I worked with at once, I was like, you know, you like to read a lot of books, but at the end of the day, you just need to meet some black people. It's really that simple. <laughs> so, no, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I know we're, we're in a book. It's not going to be in a Hollywood movie. Odds are the Hollywood movie is going to get it wrong anyway, because that's a whole nother conversation. But um, please, please, please take the time to acknowledge and engage with your people. Check in on them this week. See how they're doing, because these things that are happening around the women in your organization are, I guarantee you, wondering what does all of this stuff mean as it relates to the abortion issues and others. The Black folks are, you know, reeling from the terrorist attack, racist terrorist attack. Your Asian, you know, um, community is reeling because all of the violence that has happened, because even in one of the mass shootings, someone was going around to Korean shops yeah. and shooting people very randomly. I mean, if you're Asian, you got to be it's got to make you uncomfortable and like very scared to walk out to just go out and live your life. And so understand that um, if you, if these are not things that you've had to be confronted with, you have enormous privilege and you have to use that privilege to help um, connect with and support and create a better environment for people who don't have the privilege. Well, Susan, thank you for bringing it up. I think um, we could sit and talk about this for hours and hours. And by the way, we should be. We should all be doing that in our groups and our networks, and especially those networks that don't that look like us. Look like us. Um, but we're at time, and I'm glad that we took this um, this session and this episode of Navigating the Work Compass to talk about this because this affects everyone's lives, and it affects our work, as you mentioned earlier, um, and. We need real listeners, we need real empathy, and we, re we need real action. So um, thank you everyone for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, as, as always, um, we appreciate any comments in the chat. If there are topics that you wanna hear on upcoming episodes, please let us know. And as a reminder, you can find us on Google and Apple Podcasts. Um, next week guests, we actually have Samantha, or as she goes by Sam Hammock, who is the Chief Human Resources Officer at Verizon. We're gonna hear about her ability to navigate through uncertainty and, and her newer role as CHRO at Verizon, Great. what they're doing around return to the office, how they're looking at policy and benefit, um, and particularly as it relates to their women and everything that they're doing. So we're excited for that uh, conversation next week. Tune in and everyone stay safe and healthy.